Welcome back to the Questions and Answers podcast of Crystal Lake Baptist Church. I'm here today with Jeff Thomas. Jeff Thomas serves with Training Leaders International, and he's visited our church on a number of occasions. And so I'm interviewing him today so that we can get an update on what life is like for Training Leaders International missionaries during the COVID time, as well as to better understand the ministry that they are taking up. So Jeff, thanks for being willing to talk with us again. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So I guess we just want to begin by talking a little bit more about what TLI is, especially for those who have joined our church in the months after you've been with us. And so maybe you could just start just by filling us in. What is TLI? What's the mission? Sure. TLI is... Training Leaders International, and we are a mission organization focused on providing theological training for under-resourced pastors and church leaders around the world. So our particular niche and and sole focus really is pastoral training, leadership training for, uh, for the global church. So practically speaking, that means we are sending teachers around the world. We, we come alongside existing and up-and-coming church leaders, pastors, and uh, to provide for them biblical theological training, uh, we are really doing that through partnering with national pastors on the field. So we're not, you know, parachuting in and trying to create our own thing, but really coming alongside indigenous pastors or networks of churches and helping by uh, providing theological training for, for their leaders. So what, what made you interested and serving with TLI, and, and how has your life experience been helpful as you've jumped into this ministry over the last couple of years? Sure. that yeah, I'd have to go a little backwards for that, but um, I, I really, I've been in missions for all of my you know, post-seminary vocational ministry uh, years, and so I, I went to seminary not intending to pursue missions, but as that uh, those years of seminary went on, God began to put in my heart uh, a love for the local church. So I, I think I'm a churchman at heart, but also a desire to teach and to proclaim and, and teach God's word. So I had those two things going. But really what happened as, as that time went on in my own personal training was a desire for, uh, should I say, an awareness of and an appreciation for and a burden, a growing burden for the needs, the spiritual needs of God's church around the world. And what I mean by that is that um, it became more and more clear to me that there was less gospel light out there and fewer gospel laborers. And so God began to put that burden in my heart to combine his a love for the church, a love for teaching, and a concern and burden for the global church. And so I've been involved in missions, been a missionary pastor for a good number of years since 2004 when we graduated from seminary. God had us serving in Portugal in a church planting role there. And from there we served in the rural Midlands of Ireland, which was a unique ministry. I was co-pastoring a church there. And uh, God used that um, in, in many ways in our lives. But through a chain of events, we, we ended up back stateside. And as I considered what ministry may be next, it was then that I got exposed to, to TLI. That's great. So your background is a missionary and as a pastor fits really well with an organization who 
that wants to train pastors on the mission field. And so we've appreciated you sharing about that in the past when you've been here. But I think maybe what some of us have wondered is what exactly is your role in fulfilling that mission? And then um, how how have you, in the couple years that you've been there, seen your role helping fulfill that mission? Sure. So my, my role, I'm an international trainer. Uh, there are about 12 or so of us in that role at TLI. We have, we have a staff of about 45 to 50, and that would include some, uh, some of our global partners, those who are ministering overseas and living there. So my, my role as an international trainer is, is uh, more geared towards our non-formal teaching. And so just to give you a quick overview of TLI, we have modular-based informal training. And uh, this is where TLI will send out teachers. We have staff plus recruited teachers that we send out on recurring short-term trips to train church leaders around the world. We also have, secondly, uh, what we call global partners, which are those who actually live overseas and serve these church-based seminaries and Bible schools as administrators or professors. And so then we also have a, a newer department called diaspora training, which is essentially taking what we do internationally and doing it here stateside mm-hmm. in immigrant populations in urban areas. Okay. And so we kind of had those three primary um, aspects of our organization. So I'm involved in the the first one I mentioned, which is our non-formal training our modular-based training. And so I, I serve to um, help recruit and mentor and train teachers that we will have come with us on trips, and then I lead those trips and teach as well. And uh, we are partnered with various churches and, and organizations around the world. So we'll sh- send short-term teaching teams mm. to help these indigenous pastors and leaders in their biblical and theological development and we typically work them through a three-year curriculum, and we visit three times a year and progress through that to help them in their training. That's great. And and so this training is for pastors who probably don't have access to kind of the full seminary education that we'd think of here in the United States. And is it free education for them? Is Is this something that they pay for, or is this something that is provided through the TLI ministry it is a mix of both. We, okay. There is some subsidizing of costs, and we make it accessible for them and affordable for them, uh, which is very important because we're in majority world countries, uh, off the beaten path, so to speak, mm. and there are tremendous needs there. And so, yeah, we, we are primarily, in, in, in my role, we are targeting those pastors who are in ministry who have uh, been called of the Lord, Firm by their churches, they're in the role of pastor or some form of church leadership, mm-hmm. but really have have not had sound theological training. And so we're not interested in trying to you know, produce Western-style education per se. What we want to do is come alongside in a culturally appropriate way and help these under-trained, under-resourced pastors learn how to study and interpret God's Word for themselves and to do that over the long haul of their ministry, and then to be able to, to take their study, their weekly study, and to, to communicate biblically faithful messages to their people. And so that's our primary goal for this non-formal training that, that TLI offers. And so, yes, we are, 
we are really seeking to meet the needs of those pastors who are uh, undertrained and really have very little access to sound, uh, systematic theological training. That's great. And, and I think probably the benefit of that ministry, when we're looking at it on paper, we might just think of that pastor receiving the education. But as you mentioned, they're now leading a church and are more equipped for that. And so the training of these pastors is really probably multiplied by every person in the congregation. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the, the things that really motivates me for this ministry is the, the multiplication aspect. Um, TLI exists really to see strong local churches. That's our heartbeat. We care about the, the health of Christ's church. Mm-hmm. And we know that the health of a church is going to be uh, largely in line with the health of its pastoral leadership. Mm-hmm. And so we want to see pastors who are not, not only character qualified and, and uh, called by God into their ministries, but also equipped to do the work that God has called them to, to feed their sheep, to protect mm-hmm. their flocks from false doctrine and to, to, to nourish them through God's word so that the church can be healthy, vibrant, strong, fulfilling the Great Commission. And so, yeah, our, our, really our focus is to see a strong church, and we know that the, you know, the best way to accomplish that is really to invest in the leaders. It's, it's not the only way, but we see it as a very strategic way mm-hmm. because if you, can, if you can capture the heart of a leader— to uh, be equipped and skilled and passionate about studying God's Word and faithfully preaching and teaching, you, you've just multiplied your efforts and into that particular mm-hmm. congregation, into that community, into that village, so that God's people can be equipped for the work of the ministry. Yeah, and, and your efforts there are strategic as well in terms of equipping someone who is in the culture, knows that place, and is someone who's lived there. And you've been a missionary doing pastoral things in a culture that's not your own, and now you're training pastors to serve in a culture that is their own. What are some of the benefits of training pastors who are already there that maybe would outweigh even sending a foreign missionary to that place? Sure, sure. It is very strategic because, again, as the things you've just mentioned, you you have the the reality of cross cultural barriers and dynamics. And so, if you have you have someone who is uh, an indigenous pastor, that is his his language, his people, uh, he is able to to minister and so in, in ways that you can't. Uh, I I think you know at the end of the day, it's always I think going to be a both and. You're going to need. Uh, missionaries on the field, incarnational, investing and living there. But I think more and more the way the world is and the way things are changing, some of the dynamics globally, it is increasingly difficult to to land a family overseas. And then you do have inherent uh, barriers, obstacles, and just the, the length of time it takes for language training, cultural learning. So you'll always need that. But to, to be able to come in and, again, effectively partner with a national mm-hmm. pastor or pastors to help them be equipped to train their own people is, is just a phenomenal way to strategically multiply mm-hmm. and advance the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, I bet that that strategic entry point is challenged by COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into those countries, period, is probably challenging or maybe impossible. So maybe you can talk to us about how the pandemic has 
impacted your ministry efforts over the last couple months and looking to the future, um, particularly as we know you are thinking of you guys and, and want to pray for you in the ministry you're, you're taking on? Sure. Thank you for asking that question. And it, it is true. COVID has, has changed everything. We have, uh, within our organization, departments that are more affected than others. So, for example, or I, let me say our curriculum department, for example, they are still running strong. Uh, we have our diaspora training, which is focused here on, on stateside equipping of, of immigrant populations. And so that, that because it's more stateside-based, doesn't involve international travel, is able to still function and so there's parts of TLI that are still able to do what they do. It's, it's different, but, uh, but we have, on the other hand, aspects of our organization that have been severely impacted by COVID. Mm-hmm. So our formal training, which would involve in, in our the schools that we have relationships with, as well as what I'm involved in, in the non-formal training, both of those involve ongoing, frequent, short-term international mm-hmm. trips. It's just the way our model is built. And so... That has been um, severely curtailed to the point that it's just not up and running. We just cannot travel right now, and we haven't been since since March. Mm-hmm. Um, so TLI has been really hampered in our ability to fulfill essentially the core of what we do mm-hmm. in, in terms of the, the short-term teaching trips. Uh, we are currently, decisions were recently made to actually be on hold right now until June 2021, with our short-term travel. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, an important decision reached. Um, there's nothing s- magical about June 2021 other than to try to put some point, some anchor point in the calendar that allows us to respond to this and mm-hmm. to function and to um, still be engaged in other forms of ministry while we are trying to develop new strategies for whatever the future is going to hold, which of course is challenging because it's always changing. But that's where we are right now. So okay. there, there's no doubt about it. TLI is still functioning. We we still have a lot going on, and yet at the same time we are limited and and grounded in our international ministry. So there's you know options of what we're doing right now in, in terms of trying to manage that. Great. Yeah. So it looks a lot different, and we can pray for you guys as you try to strategize, figure out how to use the time well, and and you've talked about some of the things you're doing, studying, and, and other things, and, and serving in the church, and so we want to keep praying you for you and, and supporting you during this, this weird shift in what your normal responsibilities are. And I, I think maybe... I want to just talk to you a little bit based on both your TLI experience and your work as a missionary, as a vocational missionary. We as a church have a responsibility to be involved in world missions and local missions. And, and with what you're talking about with the diaspora ministry, some of that world missions is kind of coming to us a little bit. It is. Uh, but I think we're often challenged to know how we can be involved in world missions, particularly now with the restraints of the coronavirus. Um, I've, I've heard someone say, you know, when it comes to world missions, some should go, some should stay, all should give, all should pray, but maybe you have some ideas for us about how how can a local church like ours be involved in world missions? It's a great question. It's an important question. I I think first 
there needs to be the, the willingness to understand and admit each individual believer here in the church or any church to, to admit that I need to be involved. And that, that's really not optional. Missions is really the outward expression of the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And so there's, there's local expressions of that, and then you advance out to the global expression of that. And so the Great Commission, it's, it's not Jesus's suggestion for us, it's, it's our marching orders. And so every, every Christian needs to take that seriously and come, come to terms with God's call upon their life and Christ's call upon them in how they're going to help fulfill the Great Commission. So that, that's just not optional. So I think we need to begin there, just searching our own hearts and asking God to show us, you know, how, how am I doing with that? But, uh, you know, the, the little ditty there you gave with the, the cliche, it, it's actually true. I, you either need to go or you need to find ways to support those who are going. And I, and I think the reason that expression has stood the test of time is because it is true. Um, so begin. I would begin and say, would God have me to go? I, I think the, the question we should ask is not, um, should I go, but why am I staying? Could be another way just mm-hmm. to ask the same question differently. That's not something you make and decide upon individually. The local church needs to be a part of that, and elders and others affirming that call on your life, if that's indeed how God is leading you. But I, I would love to see more of God's people do that heart search and say, could, could I go? Should I go? Would God want me to go, perhaps for long-term, short-term, medium-term? Is there some way that I can serve the global church? Mm. Um, but for many people, the, the answer will be no. God wants me to stay and, and be here in the local church, and that's that's wonderful. And I think for, the, for many people, the majority, it's probably going to be that. So the question then becomes, how can I be engaged in missions? So yeah, definitely pray. Prayer is important. And it's crucial. So I, I remember when we were first engaged in going out into missions, we had a, a dear elderly woman in our church in her 90s praying for us. And we felt the, the effect of those prayers. In fact, when she, she went home to be with the Lord, we thought, who, who is going to be the next uh, you know, Marjorie to, to step mm-hmm. in and pray for us and uphold us in prayer? So Please don't ever diminish the need for that, and I would encourage uh, God's people to, to do pray, and pray specifically. Learn the needs of your missionaries. Most churches support missionaries, and so there, there's opportunity there to get to know the needs of those individual mm-hmm. missionaries. Pray broader as well for, for global issues and things facing the church. Uh, financial partnership is, is a huge thing as well. Missions simply cannot go on without the financial partnership of churches and individuals, families in those churches. Mm-hmm. So that that's just reality, and I think most people, not all, but most could probably find ways to, to give and to give intentionally, and even if it's a modest amount, to still have that be a form of, of supporting missions. So th- those are two key things. But, uh, but also I would say, too, to be creative Men's Bible studies, can women's Bible studies, Sunday school classes, uh, you might have a, a group of guys, three, four men meeting on a, a Saturday morning for, for prayer and a Bible. You know, why couldn't those three or four guys partner together and say, hey, could we pray for 
and potentially give to a missionary. Mm-hmm. And let that be something we do, a smaller group within the church. You know, so mm-hmm. there's there's a whole host of opportunities for Bible study groups and s- subgroups within churches to help pick up the mantle mm-hmm. as opposed to simply having it be uh, something the church does at large. So yeah, stay informed, be purposeful. And I think it, if that's your heart, God will bring opportunities before mm-hmm. you. So when when we think of our responsibility, if God has us stay, we know that, especially in the South Metro and the Twin Cities, there are nations who are coming here. And so staying does not relieve us from the duty of sharing the gospel with other with other nations. So are there ways that you would suggest for individuals to be equipped for sharing the gospel with the nations as those nations come here? Um, are, are there things we should be thinking about? Are there things we should be learning? Or is, is there an inroad there or ways that we should be training ourselves to think? Yes. I, I think that this, the first step is to open our eyes to the, the harvest field around us. And so that's going to look different for every church in, in every area around the country. So I, I do think, again, as, as part of Matthew 28 and the Great Commission to make disciples, and if you think about the Acts 1 mandate of, of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the, the outer parts, uttermost parts of the world, so there's kind of a certain outward mo- momentum to missions, but it begins here at home. And so I, I think each church has the obligation to look around and say, who who are the people in our neighborhoods and who are the people that I'm brushing shoulders with? And certainly in the, in the cities here, you, like any larger metro urban area, you, you do have uh, various immigrant populations and people groups. And so I think there, there needs to be an opening of the eyes to that. And then I think churches owe it to themselves to just think strategically. Are there ways that we could reach into those communities. I mean, there, there's some tried and true methods over the, you know, English as a second language, yeah. teaching those types of classes or community outreaches and kids programs. And so, you know, churches have to evaluate those types of things and summer programs or, or whatever. But um, I think nothing takes the place of individuals being purposeful in their relationships, mm-hmm. neighbors, coworkers, parents they brush shoulders with at school with their children. Those, those are pockets of people that I won't reach, but you might be able to. Mm-hmm. And uh, even within a local church, you have people scattered in various communities, various neighborhoods. You have a unique opportunity from the Lord to impact lives around you. So I, some, I often think we make it more difficult than it needs to be. I think it's about loving our neighbor, opening our eyes and being intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, that's encouraging because those are things that every one of us can do. Absolutely. And, and so it's also a challenge as well to to have eyes open, to be curious about other people, and, and to be seeking to share the gospel to them as God calls us. Yes. Yeah. And having lived overseas, I know what it feels like to be um, in a strange culture, not mm-hmm. my own. So you would be surprised most most people who uh, are here as, as immigrants who've come— uh, they're 
they would love to have someone reach out to them and just be curious about their lives. Ask about their home culture, how long, or ask about how life is, is, is for them here and how long have they been here? What's their family like? What do they miss about home? Most people would, would love to talk about it, those things and engage in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just typically put off because people are different than us and it's very common. We have to overcome that. Yeah, and, and that's a, kind of an interesting way of thinking about it because probably we all have a little bit of fear of man, a little mm. bit of a fear of approaching somebody, but probably the people who are most different from us would be the most welcoming of that, and, and maybe the people we'd be less fearful of, more comfortable talking to are probably just not interested in the conversation, and so yes. we should just maybe work to retrain our brains and, and our our interactions with people a little bit to to overcome that fear by God's grace in faith that he will use those interactions. Yes, yes. And in the missions world, it's called diaspora missiology, the idea that there are are people groups on the move, whether through displacement or purposeful, intentional moving, relocating um, to countries and cultures not their own. Oftentimes, it could be because of war and refugee status, Mm -hmm. but the idea that there are massive amounts of peoples from different people groups on the move, and many of them are in our backyards, and that provides an opportunity for of the nations coming to us and uh, for us to fulfill missions right here at home. Hmm. Well, that's that's good for us to think about, and I, I pray that our church will do that, that we'll grow in this grace of sharing the gospel with others. And we want to pray for you and your family as well as you seek to do this formally through TLI while you're here and waiting to be able to go back out again. So maybe you could just fill us in with a few things of how we can be praying for the Thomas family specifically. Yeah, thank you for asking. Do pray for the next eight months for our family as we are not able to be in the normal rhythm of ministry. So we are actively serving in our local church and will increasingly be doing so in the months ahead. So we want this time to be fruitful, purposeful, as we serve the body of Christ and as we try to promote global missions uh, here right now. It looks different, and we're not in the typical groove of traveling and training, but uh, we pray just as a family that we can still be on mission and purposeful that way. So in in light of that, do pray for um, just the flame of, of my own heart and my focus that, uh, you know, COVID has done this for us in the pandemic and, and the quarantining and isolate. All, all of this has just created, it's turned everything upside down. Mm-hmm. And we often feel like we're in a fog and trying to figure out what is tomorrow supposed to look like mm-hmm. and, and am I doing the things the Lord wants right now and what should that be? So we're, we're all in that process of evaluating. And I think we feel that too and want to make sure that these months ahead are still very fruitful for us as God would have it. And, and ultimately, we leave that up to him. Uh, you, we are parents of four children, ages you know, 21 down to almost 11. And so we always welcome prayers for our parenting and shepherding of our mm-hmm. kids. It looks a little different now for the older two who are in college, but we still have two in the home. And so that that's uh, something we're reminded frequently. We need God's grace in our parenting and, and just are always praying for a vibrant God-honoring marriage as well, that we would be uh, humbly fulfilling our roles in God's strength and grace. So uh, do pray for that as well as you think of us. 
We will. Well, thank you, Jeff, for talking and for helping us think about our responsibility to be involved in missions and to be more aware of individuals like you and ministries like TLI who are doing this in a really formal way, even with the restraints of the coronavirus. So we'll be praying for you and look forward to hopefully hearing you preach at our church sometime again in the future. Great. Thanks for having me. Questions and Answers is a podcast of Crystal Lake Baptist Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. To learn more, you can visit us at www.clbcmn.org.